Hello and welcome to Bottled Up on a mission to create conversations and make the mental health of men a top priority. You're joined by myself, Sunny, and Mayank, close friends from university who want to share the stories of everyday people on our platform. The reason? Because we are not alone. Before we kick this conversation off, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your conversations. It makes a huge difference to our reach with these awesome guests and potentially life-saving conversations. And if you haven't just yet, it takes 20 to 30 seconds to leave us a review and would help us out massively. Thank you again, and buckle up for another great conversation. Zim looking after us there, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Josh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, it's been it's been really good that's sort of speaking to you for the past ten minutes, um, even though in an informal fashion. But I think, like, you know, you've just we Sunny and I had a podcast this morning, and we've had a bit of a break, and now we're, I feel like we're we're back and ready to go. We've got full of energy, and I think it might be just it might be just because of what we're seeing a very good looking big man as well. Can I just see how big your deltoids <laughs> are as well? So. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us, man. And and normally we start off our conversation with a question, um, and there's a little bit of a bit, a bit of lightheartedness to a bit of a, a bit of tongue in cheek kind of question. But we wanted to ask you, Josh, what's your morning routine like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I probably can't give away too much. Um, it, it depends actually. So um, I, I was saying before, like if if we're boxing and boxing in the morning, I'll be up really about four forty-five. Um, if we're making the the early class or or five thirty, if there's a bit later one. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty regular. Otherwise, uh, usually when I have clients, so I start clients at about 10 o'clock, um, I'll wrap up the day eight to 9 PM, get up in the morning, seven o'clock, take a bit of silence, stay off the phone, um, go for a walk lately. That's been a good 10 minutes of sunshine, um, eat a little bit and then write a little bit as well. So, um, it just kind of gives me space in the morning for my own thoughts before the chaos of the world enters in. So, um, (laughs) There's uh that's always something. Call my partner um, if she's awake, and um oh. and um, go, go from there. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be calling and waking her up. That's uh, uh we're in Bit trouble. Of Eric there. Thomas in the morning in a get up. <laughs> how bad? How yeah, bad do you want? I, yeah. I, I actually yeah, yeah. Funny story. I tried to send my alarm to be oh. that, and um, I'm still fiddling about with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, on um uh, on the iPhone to actually. Have this alarm at four forty-five to go up. Starting with that, and, um, yeah, yeah. There's a the one time I tried to set it up, it actually didn't wake me up. The next morning, it didn't work. So there, there, there's, um, there, there went that idea. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no, good, man. No, I um, it was funny because Robbie also mentioned that you also did a bit of uh, Wim Hof. Is that right? Uh, not specifically Wim Hof in, in respect to his techniques, but I'm a big fan of, of breath work and. Um, kind of having that in the morning. So one of the best, uh, I haven't been able to do it a lot with this busy schedule, and, um, but we would go down to the ocean in the, in the morning and, and do a sunrise session and jump in. You do some kind of breathing techniques. Um, a, a good mate of mine, Daryl, was the one to run me through that. And that was kind of our um, a, a nice thing in, in lockdown. Although one day I think we gave ourselves hypothermia. Um, in, the, in the winter, winter morning in the ocean, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's been one thing that you know you can kind of use breath work to if if you really need to settle yourself in the morning. You know, maybe there's a few anxious thoughts, there's um, you know stress that you got to kind of combat in the day, and you, it's a physiological process where you can slow that down. Um, and accordingly, if you need to um, kind of speed yourself up and, and get going, um, and particularly I use that around training. Um, that's where you can kind of use that to actually simulate a bit of adrenaline and, um, and go from there. So, um, as, as I said, a bit of silence in the morning is probably the best thing you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. you can uh, one, be aware of, um, what's my emotional state right now? Where am I sitting? Um, and two, um, what do I need to do to then prepare myself mm. for the rest of the day? I'm not sure about you, Sonny, but I feel like there's, there's so much acknowledge here that we need to untap yeah like there's a lot of like yeah, yeah. there's a bit it's giving us little nuggets right there. Nuggets. we need to get the gold mine out 100 percent, mate and i'm just like so how did this like happen like how do you know so much about this stuff and how do you where did you get all this knowledge from is it through personal experience is it through passion i'm i'm also also keen just adding add, adding on what Mang said like how have you learned more about yourself as you're as you're seeking this knowledge like how have you been able to relate it to yourself 
growing up because it's so easy to just like see all this knowledge like no tech in the morning um you know try and exercise every day but it's a whole nother like beast trying to implement that and actually like bring that part of yourself and like have those compound returns um from seeking benefit or like seeking improvement so yeah keen to know about that in the context yeah, of yourself. yeah definitely so um I, first off i think it's day in day out work and and as i said like you never get things perfect and um, and, and it'll be fluctuating and you, you really have to start with what's one thing I can do well um, and, and then build from there. So there's um, uh, that's kind of led me down the path. I, I, I definitely, I started training very early um, and, I, and I've worked with brilliant coaches who taught me a lot of things and at least gave me a platform to learn off and ask more questions and um, be curious at the end of the day. So there's um, that, that started from, from very young and um, I think that's kind of, uh, the best platform that built was really routine. And that's one thing uh, our brains mm. really love routine. We need it to be healthy. And, um, you know, we, it, when we have inconsistency, um, it almost can ring alarm bells in the brain. So, um, there's, there's patterns in there where I go, well, maybe I've done a lot of this and, um, and I didn't always know the reason why. And through, through kind of study, I did exercise science first. To, um, and then I, I just finished, um, a bachelor of, of psych science. Um, and, even that you kind of come across concepts and go well all right that makes a bit more sense um and, and you start to understand i guess the neurochemistry side you start to understand the physiological processes and um all these things that you a lot of people will do and, and be aware of um uh, you mentioned before Mark, where you're saying about cortisol and we're highly stressed in the morning you actually want that in the morning you want an early cortisol spike um, you don't want that later in the day. Um, it, there's uh, plays in circadian rhythm, um, at, at basically your body clock. But all these things that you know people are kind of aware of, and certain things like stress hormones or dopamine, and they hear these terms. Um, all, all it kind of led me about was go, well, all right, this concept's coming up now. How do I be curious about it? And um, the the notion of um, really, well, we have a problem here. How do we solve it? Um, and, and kind of continuing to ask that question, why I probably built that platform. Um, and as it's kind of gone on, I continue to think that, uh, it's it's a rabbit hole where, you know, you learn something and you go, well, fuck, I don't know anything. Um, and the next year you learn a bit more and you're like, geez, I still don't know anything. (laughs) And, um, it's kind of a bit of a self-perpetuating, uh, um, hole that you just keep digging. And it's, um, Mm. uh, you know, I, I, I love it. Um, and I, and I've learned a lot from it, but, um, uh, also, it's kind of where you like you have to triage problems at times, and um, yeah, you know, one of the best examples was through lockdown. There's a lot of things that were taken away, and I, and I go, well, fuck, what's the best thing I can do right now that's actually going to help my mental health? And w- one of that was sleep, um, and, and I learned a lot about sleep. I was studying studying it. There's a, a brilliant, um, I'm a big fan of a guy called Andrew Huberman. Um, uh, 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 human human. Um, uh. and uh, uh, honestly, there's, I used to like, uh, he would, he would do a podcast as one, uh, specifically on attention. And, um, uh, I was, I was just so curious around the fact that he basically, the way he'd present it. And then I'd look at how my lecturers were presenting attention. We're doing the same model. And, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The they're, they're talking about some of the same studies, um, one particular about Wisconsin card sorting test and. And I'm like, how he's presented mm. this is, is so interesting. How I'm looking at this slide yeah. <laughs> um, is so overcomplicated. And um, that's kind of, you know, you start to you recognize concepts in there that I might already know on further depth or already be studying and um, you mm. get to explore a bit further and, and go from there. So there's, um, it kind of creates a bit of a web, um, uh, especially in, in my field. Um, I call it a numbers game and um, a numbers game in respect to problem solving. You have X amount of people uh, with one problem. Um, a, a good example is, let's mm. say, um, on a squat and someone can't hit depth, then, you know, you got to um, maybe you got a deep hip socket there and you get X amount of people like that. Um, and you have to find a way to solve that problem. And then um, and you get better and better as you do that. You become more efficient at doing that um, step by step. And then um, especially well, weights mates is um, actually not trading mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and we made that decision between Andrew and I, but um, across the last five years, it gave us a lot of exposure um, to uh, one, some, a preventative level, what you need to do on the mental health side and put our own experiences together. But two, um, a lot of reactive um, kind of positions that a lot of people were in and, and how the system works and, um, and uh, crisis situations. And it just gives you exposure um, to elements where you go, well, um, you know, here's, here's the problem we have in front of us. How do we solve that? Um, and how do you become more efficient in that? And you get to you get better at um, learning these concepts. And then 
um, lastly, on yourself. I think one of the, the biggest things that um, I, I've kind of, instead of just learning off others have come to me, is go, well, you know, I, I know myself pretty well. Um, uh, using Andrew as an example, um, a, a mother, um, half of Waits mates, um, he, he knows himself pretty well. And um, you, you recognize that you're not just there um, to change the world, you actually, um, as you grow, you're there to change yourself. And um, it actually goes the other way around. So um, if you kind of act in the world where you just want to change it, um, uh, if anything, I think you create a bit of distance from yourself um, and you can become um, uh, quite succumb to the world's problems instead of kind of addressing your own. Um, and accordingly, on the flip side, you know, to change the world and you, you start by changing yourself. And um, it's a flow on effect from that. Uh, people, you start to lead within yourself. You start to, um, uh, and people see that and you start to be able to lead in others and um, those problems keep going. But um, it, it basically allows you to go, well, you know, in someone else, you saw a surface level problem, um, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whatever it is. Um, but you didn't see the kind of deep rootedness that um, occurs behind that. Whereas when you address your own aspect, um, you have your surface level issue. Um, let's say if you're anxious or um, let's say you want to maximize performance, whatever it is, right? Um, but you then get to, you get an opportunity within yourself to start to pull that apart. What can I get better at? What can I do? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? Um, and it, as you go through that process of, um, not that you always have to change yourself, but improving yourself, let's say, um, and go through that, you learn, um, and, and you get to apply that and people see and people ask questions and you learn more. Um, I, I always think teaching has taught me more than I could ever taught, um, teach. Uh, that is, is one aspect uh, on the coaching side. Um, you become hungry to learn. Um, people ask concepts that sometimes you don't always have the answer to. Um, right, and so you, you look for that answer within yourself. You look for that answer. Um, how do you solve that within yourself? How do you solve that um, for others? And it continues from there. One of the um, one of the things that I that I kind of picked up on as well was around um, the, the whole reactive um, piece that you were talking about. So I think like even with weights for mates, with your initiative, it's a massive focus on preventative measures. So I guess like I guess like the philosophy around weights for mates. What is that? And I guess like how has that kind of played into your your teachings and learnings? Yeah, I, I definitely, um, and there's stages to this as well to unpack that question. Um, and, and I've learned a lot from it. Uh, and ask me that uh, maybe five years ago, I'd, I'd give you a pretty quick pitch um, off the spin. And that's what we're kind of taught to do um, uh, and learn how to do through through Spark Deacon and, and Foundation Young Australians. But now I have a very different view and um and a few more things to add to that. But uh, specifically, Weights for Mates was a male mental health program. And um, what we were using was exercise as a conduit to then address the topics of mental health, right? And um, uh, the beauty of that was, well, Andrew and myself, um, had, we were training partners beforehand. I got to coach Andrew at one stage as well. We'd been, we still are, we're best mates for many years, um, almost reaching a decade. And, um, one of the <laughs> defining factors, well, well, you know, in a setting of exercise, um, it, it's quite a, uh, it's something that was traditionally, uh, let's say, masculine, and and I don't agree with that um, now, but it was a concept where a, a lot of young boys would would get in, um, and this aspect of well, hey, here's a weights room, here's something that, um, you know, you go and work hard in, and um, it, it was an aspect where you could basically backdoor your entry. Um, and kind of Trojan horse into mental health. You know, here's a concept where people feel that they're, um, you know, in one aspect safe, and um, and and two, there's, you know, it was it was a concept where, you know, you have a lot of blokes go to the gym, um, but you could just triage mental health within that. Um, and a lot of the conversations we we're having, um, we we're doing things like where you have social connection, there, you have aspects where you talk about your day, you have aspects, um, you know, where you ask a friend of yours in that setting if, if they're okay you see when things aren't wrong you can see when someone's going through a bit um there, there are a lot of concepts that um are addressed and one of the issues in, in a reactive system is someone has to get to a crisis state before they end up there um a lot of the the red mm -hmm. flags before are often missed um and and that's the thing there's uh, you've addressed the first issue someone's already through the door that they're already in that setting um right it's very hard to get someone um mm -hmm. who's not at a crisis state through the door um, in, in psych services. Um, it, it's incredibly hard, in fact. And a lot of people won't even know that door's open. So, um, it, you know, he, here's an aspect of where we, we can go, here's a setting that 
um, we can teach you things like a squat and a bench and a deadlift and um, and we can uh, teach you how to help your other mates, um, you know, because um, what, what guy wants to say that they have a problem? A lot of guys want to go, well, hey, feel a bit heroic if I help someone else with the problem. Um, so we can teach you the concepts around addressing anxiety, depression, social support for suicide. And, um, and you know, you don't have to flag if that's within yourself. All you have to do is, you know, learn the competence from it in this workshop. So um, that was the general gist of it. And um, it, it did we had a lot of fun doing it, um, uh, you know, and it took us down a, a path that, um, uh, you know, I could, could only dream of it at the time and, and places with that. So um, it, it was personally, it was my dream job on a silver platter and, um, I, and I launched an opportunity to do that. So, um, and, it, and I got to do it with my best mate. So um, that, that was brilliant. Um, uh, fast forward to now and it goes, well, we went through the experiences of all, um, at times it did become reactive and at times we did get sucked into the system like any mental health project will mm. um right and um i kind of recognize that um there's points to that and um we also have to address things in our own life and and things change um at the end of the day and and we went through our ups and downs and it comes back to my point before of you know um at one point someone wants to change the world and um you need that uh, that kind of aspect but if you, if you really do want to change the world, you need to change yourself and um, and start there uh, and problem solve there. And, and that's what it was at the end of the day. Um, there's aspects to that. Well, well, we were able to do things um, for the world and we had a lot of fun doing that. And um, we were about to, we were able to share experiences and um, and, and connect and um, do what we wanted to do. Uh, but it comes to a point in time where, okay, well, there's things on our end that need to now be addressed. And um, and we can't run away from that um, as well. And so, um, and speaking on my level, that definitely was happening um, and things needed to be addressed. And um, so it, it leaves me in the position of, well, we finished um, trading with, with Weights Mates and that's a chapter um, that's officially closed, but never will be. Um, and, you know, that's something that uh, will, will always sit um, very, very close to, to myself and Andrew and always, um, you know, we've, we've taken a lot from it. And it goes, well, what, what can we do now with that knowledge? What can we further on? Um, and, you know, wherever that ends up, uh, ends up, at least for myself personally, there's, um, you, know, you take that with you and you, and you move on. But um, I guess one of the beauties of it is, you know, at the end of the day, um, I guess what I uh, was able to do through WFM just continues on in uh, coaching and um, and it's, uh, instead of being on the pedestal side, which I uh, didn't always like, um, very rarely did, uh, there's uh, an aspect almost being able to work behind the closed door. And um, uh, you see your impact in, a, in, in probably a more realistic and um, an affable way. So there's um, it, it never really was just meant to be advocacy work. Um, and in fact, now it really isn't any advocacy work at all. Um, you, you get to roll your sleeves up and, and do that, um, at least on my end, on, on the coaching day to day. Um, and uh, no one has to know about it. And that's the that's a brilliant thing. There was a there was a good comment that you made there um, around sort of like that, that whole change piece and, and sort of like being yourself. And, and um, Sonny and I have that same, we have like a, our mantra is like, always try and be the change that you want to see in the world. And it's like, but, but I think it's a, it's a very like, um, it's a very like, different like yeah i guess like the, the other side to that is around um so if, if, if we want to be the change that we want to see in the world then potentially we're straying away from who we kind of are i think that's a, that's a that's a good point you could you kind of bring up and that's a, that's something that's that's a different perspective to how sunny and i have looked at it like in the past i thought i'd just add that in there i thought was, that was a that was a good gem yeah i agree i i'm curious to know josh like when people like the a lot of the people we've spoken with uh, on the podcast, a lot of them have like been spurred into advocacy because of their past experiences and their lived experience as well. And I know I relate to you and um, what you did with mates, weights for mates. Um, I growing up like always used gym as like an outlet for me to like process and let off a lot of steam. So a bit of context about me have been brought up in like a single parent household um, and. A lot of responsibilities thrusted on me quite early on um, and for me gym was like a really awesome outlet just to let off my anger and I think my relationship to the gym has changed over time like for me back in like year 11 year 12 I'd be pumping like the motivational clips and just like letting out my anger in the gym and that was a good band-aid fix band-aid fix sorry back then because 
you know, I could just reset in the gym, but over time I've learned that there's things to process and things to unpack. And now my relationship with gym has changed quite a bit. Um, I don't, I don't see it as like this bandaid fix just to let off all my anger. Um, I'm keen to know like <clears throat> two things. One is like, um, how has gym played a role in your own mental health? Um, and I can see that it's a big part of your mental health. Um, and in the same fashion, um, that you've got people to start talking about their own mental health. What was the first time when you started speaking about your own mental health? Um, you know, what was that like for you and how was that received? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, first off, I, I honestly can say that um, my, my life w- would not be the way it is if it wasn't for walking into a gym and, um, and, and influences mm-hmm. uh, from coaches I've had along, along the years. Um, and uh, look, if you were to ask them that question and, um, and kind of, uh, position uh, young, I was 13 when, when I first kind of went to school gym and um, a coach at the time, Asha, he became my coach. Um, if you position that question, look from his lens, I was a pretty angry kid and um, there's, I had a lot of things going on um, in the background and as you said, it's a, it was a band-aid and, um, and <laughs> sometimes I go, uh, you know, you, you always have that aspect to yourself and um, a lot of the problems I was facing with the world then, um, I didn't know how to solve and um, so I, I had an outlet where I could pretty much, and, and I'll say, use the term run away into. Um, I, I could go in there and let out these emotions that I'd never really been taught how to express. Um, I could, you know, I was fostered in an environment where a, a lot of people understood the deep-rooted emotions without actually being talked about um, or recognized mm. or mm. Um, put into an uncomfortable um, uh, situation at the time, like, let's say, um, counseling and all that. I, I, I would really shy away from that. Um, because how do you, uh, you, you didn't even know what you were experiencing, let alone how to talk about it. And um, th- there was, a, and that was an aspect that um, I, I went through as a kid and um, an aspect that I look back on now and it was very necessary and it did help. But um, here was an environment that I could just express myself. Um, and mm. there's, uh, I definitely carried that uh, all the way through and I held on, uh, held on to a lot of, um, this kind of entitlement to this uh, to these emotions that were pretty pejorative and um, and and let that be voiced in the gym and you put your headphones in and all I was doing was running away um, and I uh, a lot of people can and you look at coping mechanisms and maybe there's worse coping mechanisms mechanisms than that right um, and that's probably one of the better ones but at the end of the day it's still laid with a term um, laid with a framework mm-hmm. you're running away so uh, I, I go to that now and I go well um, it definitely at one point that was my identity um, and I had that identity stripped and that was a kind of huge change um, uh, and I had to go through the process of well what's my identity um, now post that um, you know you can't just be this angry kid forever who's angry at the world mm. um, you know you have to make something of yourself that, that um, instead of blaming the world too mm. so there's uh, that's that's something I've gone through um, and I I, I genuinely, uh, even as it's funny, is, is trying to get back into powerlifting a bit more, and, and it always brings me back to, I guess, why I kind of walked in. And um, there's certain songs that uh, triggers in memory side that I'll put on to let's try bring this this angry kid back sometimes because I'm a bit too placid or or just chill, and then I've got a heavy set to do, and mm. uh, I need to fire up <laughs> at, at some stage. And um, you know that was so easy as a kid. I, I struggle <laughs> with it a bit now. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a great thing, but it's something I, I go, I laugh at when, when that is the case, but, um, yeah. it, it is a concept where you go, well, it's, it's shaped, shaped my life so much and it, it's helped me, um, a, a great deal. It, it's led for a career. It's, it's paid brilliant friendships and, um, there's so much in that, that I have to owe for that. Um, and I guess one of the biggest things, and, and I guess, being able to coach around that and teach around that uh, now is go well uh, you get to take people through those experiences and understand um, and I'm always very appreciative of the fact well you know when that does that for someone else um, when it does get into a, a, an aspect let's say Robbie's a, a good example of this where um, you know it's been a framework for him to help deal with quite a few things and um, I'm sure he would have probably told you that in the podcast but um, you know, you see a little part of yourself and you see those people walk through the door and um, you see the anger, you see the outlet being, being used and um, and you almost sometimes smile a little bit because you know where it can um, end up and, and, and how, how much more positive it can get. So 
Um, yeah, look, it's uh, I have a lot to say on it, that's for sure. But um, mm. it's it's definitely you know it's shaped my life and um, it's led me to where I am today. Yeah, it's actually very similar to um because we we also had another person on the podcast who was um who was a PT and he runs his own physiotherapy clinic. Um, his name's Minhas. Um, and I was telling Robbie before actually that your philo- I feel like your both your philosophies are very very similar. I mean, like what he does, he uses his physiotherapy sessions as i think it's yeah it's, i think it's like a very even though he's a physiotherapist he is a physiotherapist there's so much more to it than just like going in and doing just doing gym work and stuff it's so much more so i think it's his philosophy is around his what's in, he, he sort of looks at you know weights as one thing but it's actually the discussions in between the sets so we're actually having proper dnms in between sets and sometimes i'd literally mm. stay there until like we have like a scheduled like one hour session, but then I'd be there and for like like two to three, two 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 and a half hours just chatting life. And I feel like that yeah. that is just such like an amazing thing. And what what his what his philosophy is, he wants his gym to be an extension of himself. And I think it goes back yeah. to that previous point that you made around sort of um, being that that so, sort of being the change you want to see in the world, but also staying true to who you who you actually are. I think that's he 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 definitely lives by that philosophy. So anyone that walks into his doors, walks into his gym. He's very much like you're in my house now. Like let's let, let's do this, and then you know, mm. like he essentially like imparts all of his teachings, all of his wisdom, whilst we are doing our sets and whilst we're doing doing stuff at the gym. Um, so I know you, you I know you got a question, but I thought I'd just add that add that in there. Good point. Yeah, that's good. Good point. There's um, like as a as a sports psychologist, Josh, I'm sure you probably see like a whole range of like people coming through the doors, and um, completely respect confidentiality. Um one of the one of the questions i had is like how have you sort of seen elements of yourself and and learnings that you've taken away from this like vast variety of people that have come through the door if that makes sense like how how have you seen like elements of your own identity um get painted um you know someone else that's like really really angry and like lifting weights and like what has that taught you about yourself Mm. Um, I'm sure there's probably uh, like definitely, a bunch of different It gives you an objective there. lens, I guess, to start off with first. And that's um, uh, the, the beauty of it, right, is when you're going through something, you're subjective. And it, it's very uh, it's very hard to acknowledge everything when you're in a t- tunnel visual mm-hmm. state. And um, and you need that third-person perspective. And, and I guess I say that from the sense of I see that on an objective level. I mentioned this to a client the other day. Um, and uh, that's probably one of the, the biggest things I've learned and same before where, you know, a job's to problem solve and, um, you know, it's very hard to solve a problem when you're just stuck in the box. You've you got to think outside mm-hmm. of it sometimes too. And, um, and, and that's the lens it's given me and uh, I've seen certain patterns of behavior. I've seen, um, uh, you know, reflections of myself and you have to be very um, uh, also cautious not to uh, bias your, your judgments or anything because you just see a reflection of yourself. But um, there are sometimes very, um, I guess, mirrors, and it's a lens um, not into that person, but right back at you. And um, and and that's that's an perspective. Um, I, I always say I think I've learnt more of other people than I've ever taught. Um, and and weights mates was a, a big part of that. I think I learnt more than um, than I was ever able to give. Um, I, I think coaching is a big part of that, and um, it, it's given me a, a lens into myself and. Um, and, and sometimes I've, I've watched people battle concepts that I, I go, I wouldn't know what to do mm. um, and, and how to make uh, some very tough decisions at time, um, uh, tough decisions where um, I, I wouldn't know what my decision would be in, in their shoes. And um, all I get to recognize is, and, and I'm very lucky to help facilitate and go through that with that person um, at an objective level and, and, and be able to comment and see and um, see their emotions and reactions and um, decision-making processes and learn off that for when I am put in that situation, um, for when I am faced with a stressful decision, for when I am, um, whether it's at a relationship, a career level, at a training level, whatever it might be, um, someone is in front of me, I've had to problem solve that for them. And the beauty of it is I've been objective with them and been able to give advice and um, facilitate things. And so when I recognize that in myself and, and I'm uh, fortunate enough to recognize that at times and sometimes you'll miss it while you're subjective too, um, and there's other people around me who might point that out, but um, uh, I'm able to, you know, solve that problem a little bit better mm. um, each time. So there's, it, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I say that that I've learned more than I've ever taught, um, and, and I firmly believe that will continue to be the case. Um, and uh, that's, you know, at the end of the day, 
you're not just uh, when you look at it, you're not really changing someone else's life. You, you're changing yourself, mm. um, and, and that's that's what it is. So there's um yeah there's there's a lot of things, uh, and I guess I'm very fortunate, and I'm always I, I don't really think clients understand um, and people I've interacted uh, and they understand the impact they've had um, as well. Um, uh, people will be very grateful, but forget their value um, as well, mm. um, and. It's always, you know, you're um, you're very grateful to them, um, and they'll never know um, completely why. So there's, um, it doesn't always have to be shared, but it's something to be recognised. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with like, if I if I could shift gears, um, how I know, like, obviously you have your relationship with your dad, um, and you know, leave it in your court how open you want to be and and where you want to take that one. But the question I have is like how has that sort of defined your own masculinity and, and the way you approach your relationships? Um, yeah. Yeah. Huge, hugely. And, and yeah, th- there's a lot to that. Um, I, I guess just speaking on the relationship context, I, um, I, I built an identity where, um, basically learning off the fact of I knew who I didn't want to be. Mm. Um, and that, that was something I held on to for many years. Um, and now I'm probably not as harsh on that aspect. Um, my, my old man's um, come a long way. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've both come a long way. But uh, there's reflections uh, in his actions, um, you know, that I, I, I've seen um, aspects of myself in that. And um, there are aspects of myself that I've heavily neglected, um, that I've uh, had absolute distaste to. Um, and uh, it's it's a component that, you know, influences your um, then interactions with the world. So mm-hmm. there's a, yeah, I, I definitely build a framework of, you know, this is what you, you don't do in life. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, we went through a very turbulent period. Um, uh, my parents split up when I was, I was seven um, and it was a, a lot more before that. Um, and it defined um, who I wanted to be to the world. And mm-hmm. um, it, it defined, uh, and, and one of the biggest things is, um, you know, it kept a, a very scared, um, angry kid and, and neglected kid. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there was an in child there um, that, that would always, you know, at times be provoked and um, it would influence whether it'd be violent reactions on my behalf or um, whatever it was that I thought I had to protect this kid inside. And um, it took me many years to uh, understand that, you know, maybe it's time to give that a, a kid inside attention. Um, and kind of take his hand and start to define his role within the world because um, how it got built up was wasn't in the best way. Mm-hmm. So there's it, it, when I look at how I'm as a man today um, and who I want to be as a man today, um, that's uh, it's defined essentially everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I've, I I definitely built an identity of where um, I was trying to protect that kid from the world um, for many years. Um, and I, I look at that now and go, well, now that that kid's had attention and, you know, it's been a lot of work on that, um, you, you kind of walk hand in hand with that scared kid um, b- back on that day and um, and all the experiences I've had with my old man, and you learn from that and, you know, who, who I'll be as a father, who I'll be um, as a partner, who I'll be um, whoever I am to the world in my relationships. Um, I'll always kind of take that lessons with me yeah. um, and I'll pull myself up on, on things as well when, um, you know, it's not in the, in the right manner. Um, mm. You know, everyone's human too. So um, there's, it's it's built a framework for me that, you know, there's always going to be day in, day out processes and you always have to check in uh, with yourself and where you're at. Um, and, and I go, well, you know, who, who do I want to be today and who do I not want to be? Um, and that's carried with me through pretty much most of my life. You, you raised a good point um, around like, your relationship with your dad has taught you the man you don't want to become uh, quite early on. And I, the question I have is like, man, can I always talk about this? And it's always like, try and see through the intentions of why certain things have happened. And you can even take it a step further. It's like the way someone responds um, or reacts to something is as a result of their past experiences. Um, I know, for example, my dad hasn't been perfect, but that's intergenerational. There's an intergenerational um, part to that as well and and the experiences they have gone through the way they've been treated and and other bits and pieces that form the person that they are today and so that makes you look at things a bit more like lightheartedly i guess sometimes but it's never an excuse uh for their actions or what they've done 
my question is like, obviously in your very formative years, you pick up a lot of things from your surroundings and you know your mom, your dad, your friends and, and things like that. And part of that sometimes is picking up not so great habits. Um, you know, use case, you might have a narcissistic uh, dad or mum, whatever situation it might be. And sometimes you pick up on those traits um, growing up and, and that forms your identity as like a 14, 15, 16 year old. Um, for yourself, um, were there parts of that that you've kind of picked up and have sort of forced to unwire and, and process as you've become, you know, a young adult um, growing up? Yeah, and I, I do want to, obviously there's always a genetic component that's going to yeah. kind of transfer through. And um, the, the irony is that the more you run away from that um, and you really have to put, one, you have to understand, you know, every tool has its um, kind of place in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it gives you assets where, you know, you can use it for right, you can use it for wrong. Um, and um, and facets in that where you have to be aware of. And that's the most important thing. But where I say is I probably ran away from that um, a lot of the time. And, um, you know, who, you know, if you have someone whose uh, father's really challenged you and you've got your whole identity of not being them, when you see similarities there, that can be a whole identity crisis mm. too. Um, and But the, the key point there is, well, you know, just because there was actions that, uh, we're given to yourself doesn't mean you have to repeat that uh, as well and two how can that be better used and um there's component to that um of, of my personality and my dad's personality where I, I've, I've learned off um you know and many mistakes I made in my life that that i've had to learn off um but particularly it, when it comes to it it goes well you know how, how do i use this for, for good in the world how do i use this to actually better myself how does that let me um, interact and um, you know there, there's a concept with, uh, at the moment they speak about toxic masculinity mm. and um, and maybe it's in, in the framework of you know we'll be docile and uh, you know don't um, have any kind of uh, I guess aggression um, or, or any any aspect of that that might make you harmful to the world but my kind of perspective on it is well you know sometimes you have to use elements of that to protect maybe your loved ones or whoever it is in the world. You can't just um, stand by. Um, and there's aspects to that where there's a framework where you can do good by that. There's um, uh, concepts where, you know, you should stand up for what you believe in and you should um, not just be passive and um, uh, and stand by while the world uh, walks walks all over you and aspects like that. And, um, uh, and it's your framework of what a good man is to you and, and how you can use um, aspect of yourself to, to complete that and um, uh, there's especially when we look at personality traits and um, people should be aware of you know what their personality traits are but um, the irony uh, what I was saying before is that the more you run away from that uh, the worse it gets and uh, really you have to go well this is who I am and, and step into those shoes and this is who I choose to be um, and you know there's um, if uh, we're human at the end of the day you, you can't um, just program yourself um, in, in a way to not have um, personality traits that you've been gifted with. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there there's going to be a, a, a part in life where, you know, maybe that's very useful. And there's also many parts in life where maybe that's not. Um, and you have to be aware of that and you have to recognize that. Um, but there's a concept in, um, in, in psych and uh, it's from one of my personality. Uh, I had a, uh, a unit around personality and, um, uh, it was really interesting because uh, they basically, in these studies, they studied um, psychopathy and um, they go, well, they did all these studies where they'd have kids who, who would flag, um, they're basically kids, and um, they they would flag um, a psychopathy as an aspect to, to that and they'd run through treatments of where they'd get these kids to smile and to, uh, you know, all, all these things that were nurturing, um, but it didn't change the personality of, the, of that kid. Um, and uh, what was very interesting is they kind of came to the conclusion, at least in this study, that you know it's 51% genetic and um, 49% environmental, and our environmental um, really does, and our interactions with our environment shapes our, our identity in, in the world. But you're still gifted with a genetic component there, um, and you know you have very successful um, men and women who use their genetic component, um, and maybe there's traits that aren't as affable there, but they're still able to succeed in the world. And um, my point to that is, you know, if you run away from it, um, it there's assets there that you might as well use. Um, Now, uh, when I come back to uh, my dad's actions and 
um, uh, my interactions with him as a kid, I look at a scared child there um, who never really understood who he was in the world. And uh, within that um, kind of, I guess, insecurity, you, you have quite volatile reactions there. Um, and it goes, well, um, I, I look at that and I go, well, you know, points of time, I have a scared kid under there who's trying to protect himself from the world. And all I did was have a father who tried to do the same. Um, and, you know, and that led to volatile reactions. So um, if I have a scared kid um, within myself that's trying to protect himself from the world, well, you know, history might repeat itself here. Time mm-hmm. to do something about it. You know, and that's why I say you have to accept these parts to yourself. You have to go through this process of who am I? Who am I to the world? Who do I want to be? Um, and, and start to outline that. And if there's things in there that you don't like about your personality, um, I ask the question of what are you running away from? What experience do you not want to address that you might recognize, um, you know, and it triggers you? Um, maybe someone did that to you at a certain point of time. And um, it's, it's a concept when we look at ego, um, you know, everyone has an ego and, it's, uh, you know, people say, just don't have an ego. That's not how it is. You know, we're gifted <laughs> with an ego. Um, and it's what's your ego's interaction with, with the world. And um, they're frameworks within psych that, um, and really a lot of philosophy as well. With, um, if you ever looks at Niche and, and Young and Alan Watts. And, um, uh, oh, it's, it's brilliant. And, you know, it's, it really goes around the sense of like, who am I and who am I to the world? What's your identity? So um, I, I firmly believe that you well and truly should, um, you know, maybe your, your caregiver, your parents, um, whoever it might be, didn't um, interact with you the, in the most affable way and um, the secure attachment wasn't um, really an aspect of that relationship. And um, a lot of people will shy away from that or kind of a mesh and just, um, you know, uh, cut off from that too. Um, it, it, there's things that at the end of the day, we're, we're put in the position we are. Um, you know, it, it's it's a missed opportunity if you don't learn from it. Um, and a mentor of mine, Wayne, has said that suffering is a gift. Um, and I firmly believe that if you look at it as a gift um, and it, it's a burden if you don't actually take that opportunity. But um, if you go through it, um, and you go, well, you know, this is my identity given to me because of someone um, above you, um, let's say at a parental level, um, you have choices there and, and how you move around that um, is, is realistically your, it's your onus and it's yeah. your decision. I um, it that, that, that whole, that whole piece around nature versus nurture. It's so, in, it's like, it's so interesting. I think um, like, I, I I personally never knew that. I knew there was I knew there was a balance between nature versus nurture, and I I didn't know that study that you that you referenced there. Um, I think like I guess the question that I have around that nature versus nurture piece is around again going back to your own your own personal experiences, and of course I'm still in your boat here, mate. Like if you don't want to talk about this, completely fine. I know it's part of it's not your story as well. Um, or actually no, it is part of your story because it actually has it has affected you, of course. But like, what part of your personality traits like do you see? in your dad that you also see in yourself at the moment and is that something that you've is that something that you want to change like in, in the yeah past? i look i definitely um i guess the best example of that would be from uh an aggression level um and you know what it, it served me very well within sport um it served me very well um in, in aspects of my life where i i have had to be protective and uh and stand up and um, it, it's this, you know, uh, I look at it from a level of, well, okay, there's, there's things in there that, um, if, if used in the wrong setting, it's the wrong thing to do. Right. And, um, I always had a rule if it's to do with myself, I walk away. Um, if it's to do with someone else, I, I you know, I jump in pretty red hot. Um, and maybe that plays into the narrative of being a protector, um, over, um, you know, being the perpetrator, um, in, in a lot of ways, but, um, that was something that really carried through and I, I had to spend a lot of time and that's why, you know, you probably have a lot of other people in my shoes. You have a lot of uh, young, angry boys or, or girls who, you know, girls maybe distinguish that and, and act upon it in a different way. But um, for young boys, especially um, aggression is, is in a form of expression. Um, and I, I bring that back to, you know, when I first walked into the gym and, and probably the lens of what a coach might see that, that used to come about and I, I have a, had a way to um, kind of push that into the world. Now, when I, uh, I look at that aspect and go, well, 
I don't uh, want that to be loosely and kind of um, thrown about within relationship level, within my interactions at career, with in all these places where it's not needed. Um, and, and how do you kind of channel that and how do you um, put that into a compartment? Well, hey, well, you know, if you have conflict in, in some areas, there's, you know, you have to deal with that in the right way. Um, and, and it's not about being emotional about it. It's about using these in certain ways to um, be assertive and, and, and manage that. So there's, uh, it's probably an extension of where I, I noticed that trait in, um, in my old man and um, he set quite the temper. And, and to, to be fair, he's mellowed it down a lot of the years and we've gone through that. Um, and, and we actually have a relationship now too, um, where we probably had a lack of it in, in the past. And, um, and it goes, well, uh, a lot of things where uh, you have wound up angry kids and, and that's, that's a trait where um, I saw that in myself. I see that in my old man. I see that in a lot of other people. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's not that you have to anger this, an emotion. It's not that you can't ever experience it. Um, it, it's one of the strategies here that you know I help tether that and where can that be used and um, uh, there's you know sometimes there, there is use in that um, and uh, especially in sport and um, if, when I uh, I've had some heavier training lately for powerlifting like I've, I've needed it at times I've needed that adrenaline um, stimulus <laughs> and yeah and it's like you know you you keep a um, you keep a leash on it and that's the important part uh, and I say, if you, you keep that unhinged, then you have problems, but you keep a leash on it. And um, you almost want to have the capacity to to stand up to the world and um, use aspects of that, um, right? Then not have the capacity at all, um, you know, and maybe find yourself in a position where you need it. Maybe that's that's yeah. a point of time and you don't I, have um, it, then you're in trouble. It, but, that, that, um, that whole, that whole case around nature versus that, nurture, it's so, um, it's like, I think it's so interesting. I think um, I always will acknowledge it's, like, it's there um, and I always have to have strategies to deal with that. Yeah, um, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Actually, he, he one of his one of his big philosophies is like there's there's actually no like like there's uh, there's no necessarily like a bad personality trait kind of thing. It's a, it's more like everything needs to have a balance. Like for for example, Jordan Peterson he says that precisely what you said, um, Josh, around um, the aggression and he he doesn't use the word aggression, but he says you need to be like if you want to you need to be a monster sometimes. Yeah, and you need to, but the, the the key. Yeah, but you, but like the the key is not to just be like you know let, let it go. It's more about controlling it and 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 making sure that there is an element where you can control the amount of aggression and the amount of like monster kind of characteristics that you have. Because I think, like you mentioned, there are instances where you need to that you need to show aggression. You need to show um, like a bit of anger as well. But um, there are also other times where you need to be a bit more agreeable. You need to be a bit more sort of laid back and a bit more um, kind of. Uh, yeah, not have that kind of an aggressive kind of personality trait. And and there's yeah, I I, I actually I, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson and and there's um I've loved him for many years and that kind of concept of like you need to be a monster um, and, and then have that kind of leashed and uh, and tethered. You know, you'd rather have that capacity than not have it um, in certain situations. But um, and how you define a good man and a, and a bad man, he goes along those concepts. But there's um there's a, a lot of things where. And you'll see some people have done phenomenal, um, uh, you know, achievements where um, you see this uh, David Goggins is a really good type where um, just in inhumane, it seems like superhuman ability, right? Um, and you go, well, that's not, that doesn't come from a, from a passive avenue. You know, that comes from, from layers on layers of, you know, there's a, there's a construct, there's an identity that's, that's been built there as a protective mechanism to the world. And all he's done is kind of, you know, bottle that up, pull it into a, an identity. He can switch on, switch off. He calls it the Goggins. Um, it, like David Goggins is, is that identity. And, um, and that doesn't mean that's who he is when he walks um, around day to day. Um, I, I've never met him, but I'd love to, but uh, I would assume it's not because you know you still have to have other actions that you said before where you have to be a bit more agreeable to the world you still have to function within the world um but it's an aspect where if you put that into a uh, compartmentalize it a bit and bottle it up and have this thing where you can you can actually pull it out when it's needed and um it, it's you know it's uh, i look at that and i say that's why you need to accept your identity you need to accept these parts of you because there's places in the world for this and you're missing out on using it if you don't know what they are and uh, it's um going back to how suffering's a gift how um it's 
you know, it's never something you wish on someone, but um, it gives you an element to yourself. It, it almost changes your, your identity and personality uh, and, and you grow um, and for better or for worse uh, at some points. And, um, and how do I now use this for the world? It's a tool. And uh, it's things that, you know, I've, I've been able to sort of smaller, smaller level, whether it's jumping in the ocean, sitting there and, um, you know, and, and going through that from when I've had tattoos done, um, you kind of go into this meditative state. Um, I, I, I won't ever forget my first first one I got um, and we, we almost needed. And it's like, how do I deal with this pain that I'm going through to, to you know, other arduous processes in life? And I, I go, well, you know, when I'm going through a tough time and life's got very tough, this aspect of myself I need to pull out to deal with it um, within heavier training, within competition, within um, other ambitions, there's there's something in there that has to be used. So um, there's no right or wrong to it. There's a, probably only, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's identity. Um, it, it's a very gray area. Um, there's black and white um, right or wrong um, kind of definitions when we look at a legal process. Don't don't abuse it, um, and uh, that's that's very black and white. Um, um, and you know, and, and some people um, fall within the <laughs> within the wrong areas of that. But um, and like I look, one of my favourite boxers, good old Mike Tyson, came from from, from juvie, and it's, there's another package. There's um, someone who you know used that. Um, in the wrong setting and, you know, in a judicial process of, you know, he was reprimanded and, um, but, you know, that was something that then led him to world titles and, um, mm. and, and greatness at the end. So it's like, how do you package this up? How do you use it? You get, um, uh, and I've had a lot of, you know, angry kids at the end of the day, knowing that I've been one of them too. Um, and you look at it and you go, Fuck, you can, you can genuinely, you can do something here. You know, you have an element to yourself that, um, for whatever reason you have, um, and you see the consistency, you see the determination, you see this aspect that um, it's there for a reason. There is something there that drives that, and you won't always know why. Um, but the beauty of it is it's there. And, you know, some people have it, some people don't. And if you're lucky enough to um, have someone sitting across from you where you're able to facilitate that growth, go for it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've. Uh, I said before that I've had people in front of me where I don't always know the decision I would make in their shoes. Um, but uh, the where I'm very grateful um, and very humbled as well is that, you know, we, we have aspects where people will question their identity, they'll question their self-worth, they'll question their value. Um, but And they, that almost drives the whole aspect and you see this, this greatness that they do. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to be along. Um, uh, along the journey of that um, and I firmly believe that you know uh, some of them have experienced some, some really harsh aspects of life um, where they are angry at the world um, you know and what you do is package it up and um, you walk through it together and you be in their corner and, and you get to watch some really great things um, mm. and you know, that, that's a that's a wonderful thing in itself yeah very well said um I feel like we just have to like cut out little segments of this and like make it soliloquies, you know. <laughs> um, the one one question, Josh. Like, I hope I, I guess, yeah, I hope I say it correctly. Like, I this I want to tackle this idea of like doing the work, and you know, you mentioned people like David Goggins. Um, you know, there's plenty of others. These are people that have done the work, and specifically in the context of like, you know, you mentioned you're an angry kid growing up you know so was I. I I had a bit of aggression and I let that off in like the football field when I was playing footy and, and things like that and um, it reminds me because I had a conversation with a mate uh, probably two weeks ago um, who just got married and he was having his um, I think it was a bucks night and, and his mates were forcing him to drink and, and everything like that um, and he has this rule where he's just like yeah no more than three on any given night and mates kept pushing him and pushing him and he says that the old version of himself would react in anger um, like the first thing that would come through your mind is this anger and then he would have to like reposition himself and like you know lean on something else apart from anger because that's obviously not the right thing to do um, and now he's you know done the work and when he was in that situation he just calmly told his mates like look I, I don't do more than three um, I'm done for the night and he had calmly you know told them that message hope that makes sense like yeah um, it does. I'm wondering like <clears throat> You know, obviously, being a kid that's grown up and being around a bit of aggression, sometimes the first thing that comes to your mind is anger, and then you've got to kind of talk yourself out of it and react in a different way. Um, has that been the case with you, um, 
you know, obviously it's still there, part of your identity, but something that you're working on. Um, has that been the case with you? And I guess the second question from that is like, how have you done the work um, to kind of unwire that? Yeah, and uh, I think the first point to that is, you know, we have expressions to the world that are usually learned, right? And um, and if you're in an environment where that is the, um, the expression and uh, the consistent aspect of, um, of your environment, you, you kind of have learned behavior there, right? And um, it goes, well, you know, if you stay in the environment that, you know, uh, aggression or anger is, is the main interaction, um, you're probably going to replicate that yourself because how else do you know how to act with the world? How else do you know, um, you know, that's what you have to do to act within that environment. Um, and it's learned behavior in that sense. So there's an aspect there where it's like, all right, maybe it's not your fault that you, that's your first um, interaction. You know, that's your first response. Maybe it's not your fault. Also, the anger is a very valid emotion. Um, uh, you know, there's, uh, and it's an aspect where, you know, you can't just push that away. It, it should be identified and then unpacked. And it, what you've had to do, you still probably experience the anger, but you've now learned a different um, a kind of mechanism to then express that and a different way in which you want to approach that and you're able to let it go and um, and go, well, maybe I'm going to interact with the world in response to this um, in a different manner, however that might be. Um, you know, some people might have a reaction to the world where they're sad. Some people might have a reaction where they laugh it off. Some, you know, people have these first initial um, reactions and it's usually because, well, hey, what have you learned first? So I just look at it from a learning side and, and I go, well, if that's your main um, reaction, interaction with the world, um, post that uh, mm. situation. Maybe you should put yourself in positions. If you, if you don't want to do that, if you honestly don't want to do that anymore, maybe you should put yourselves in better environments that are going to teach you better habits and things. And and that's probably one of the best um, things I've learned. I've gone from very volatile environments um, to uh, ones that are actually quite healthy. And I, I've learned how to interact with the world on a better level um, uh, when I got taught how to interact with the world in, in a better way. Uh, and I really attribute coaches and uh, who I've worked with to that um, uh, and, and mentors. And I've seen and watched their interactions with mm. the world. And, and I've always kind of had a rule of five where I go, who are the five people in the world? I, I want to, if I did a little bit of what they do, that they do great, um, <laughs> I, I would be a better person. And uh, that's at a relationship level, um, you know, and you, you might have an argument um, with your partner. That's a healthy thing. It needs <laughs> to happen. Um, you know, it's not always going to be agreeable. Um, and, and nor do you want that as well. Um, you don't want just a yes person. But, you know, you know, if, if my learned experience was uh, from, my, from my parents was a lot of this volatile reactions, if that's how I only knew how to interact with the world, that's all I saw. I didn't know that's my normal. Mm -hmm. um, what's my new normal? What do I need to learn from that? And um, it, it's something I'm very thankful for my partner for also teaching me how to, um, how to interact with the world better. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't really know that. I, I hadn't seen that this was a healthy aspect, you know. Um, I hadn't seen that. And I see her with her, her parents and how just healthy it is. I'd, I'd never seen that before. That was a new thing for me. Um, and it was a new environment. And, and that's, um, uh, it's, it's learning at a, at a level. So uh, the first question I go is like, well, you know, if someone recognizes that this isn't how they interact with the world, you know, to have a pretty honest res um, response and, and go, well, look at, look at yourself, look at your environment. What's, what's the level of where I'm learning this from? And then go, oh, where can I learn better um, attributes and, and ways to do that? So um, uh, personally, I, I really, I have a really good um, network of people, people around me, and um, my partner actually threw me a surprise birthday the, the <laughs> other day, and um, all these people in that room, I, I was so appreciative of, and there was a few missing um, who, who I would love to love to be there, but um, I, I looked at it and I go, well, you know, they say you're, mm. um, you know, a product of those who you're surrounded by, and I look at all these people and I go, well. Wonderful people that are mm. my best friends, and um, they have brilliant values and, and characteristics. And I've been able to learn off them too, and it's modeled who I am. So, there's um, I, I, I and I, I can honestly say that if I did not have changes in that environment, um, uh, I, I would not know who I'd be, and, and I, I, I'd be I'm quite apprehensive <laughs> to even go down that path, uh, yeah. And so there's, uh, you know, some people don't get that opportunity to change that environment. <laughs> um, and 
I, I understand sometimes you, you meet these people and you have interactions with them and you go, well, fuck, like, you know, be better. But sometimes they don't have the opportunity to, so you can't blame them as well. But um, it doesn't mean you condone it. But yeah, I definitely look at my end. I'm very thankful for those opportunities to, uh, to be better, I guess. <laughs> what about um, that? Yeah, and no, I love that. Love that. Obviously, conscious that we've we, we obviously we, we do understand that you're a very very busy man, Josh. Um, it looks like you've been lifting weights since you came out of the womb, mate. So um, yeah, I think you, you got to head off to the gym. <laughs> I'm assuming after this as well. Maybe uh, we might finish off, Josh, on where people can find you. Obviously, you're doing some great work as a sports psychologist with RDL and a couple of others. Um, where people can find you and if there's anything you want to leave <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i i i just will specify i'm not a, a clinically registered sports psychologist okay. uh, I, I i do need to, do need to <laughs> yeah. say that um, there, there's um uh, there's still a bit to go on that that's future plans yep, yep. but um uh, uh, otherwise there's um I, I do coach out a training day jim and clayton um and and that's probably you can reach out through them or or hit me up on socials and um, and go from there cool we'll put it in the show notes as well uh, and yeah without, without further ado this is, uh, <laughs> is Mank signing off Sunny signing off Josh signing off and that's a wrap for this episode if you're enjoying our conversations please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts all the conversations are recorded in video so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at Bottled Up Oz Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you. And most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.